1: Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show. I know
2: your name is Rita. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, some big votes coming up this week, all tied to the border. The Senate is expected to vote on that border bill, which is billions of dollars. And many tied to the border say it means they are more babysitters. And it's only limiting the amount of people who cross the border, not securing the border. Also, The House is moving forward with the Mayorkas impeachment vote. That could happen as early as tomorrow. So there's a lot of big developments all tied to the border. And, of course, all of this comes as President Trump is looking at a lot of new polls that show him doing much better over President Biden. This is interesting because a new NBC News poll, and NBC isn't exactly super friendly to President Biden, uh, to President Trump, rather. They are giving Trump, who is 77, 47% to 42% lead over President Biden with registered voting. So this is interesting. Uh, They had before 46 to 44 with voters. That was in November. And now it is 47 to 42. So it is showing that Trump is going up a little and it's showing that Biden is going down a little. So the gap is widening and that is certainly helping President Trump. And a lot of it is also tied indeed to the border because people are saying, well, under President Trump, clearly the border was a lot more secure. And they're also saying things seem safer. There weren't all these other wars going on in the world. They hadn't lost an American serviceman in Afghanistan in 18 months. I mean, there were so many things that were going on under President Trump's watch. And now you're seeing the world on fire. So take a listen. Here is Steve Kornacki. He was on Meet the Press describing this new poll that certainly is favorable to President Trump. These are some truly stunning numbers.
3: They really are, Kristen. And let's just start with the bottom line. When you ask folks, hey, if it's the general election and it's Trump versus Biden, our poll, Donald Trump now leads Joe Biden by five points. Compare that to the last time we polled back in November. Trump was ahead then, but it was only by two points. It's even more significant when you look at it this way. Over time, we have been testing for five years now, going back to 2019, a Biden-Trump matchup. Remember, 2019, 2020, Joe Biden led. He led big in every single one of our polls. For the first time in November, Donald Trump polled ahead in our poll, and now at five points, this is the biggest lead NBC has ever had in 16 polls for Donald Trump over Joe Biden. And of course, undergirding all of this is this question of he is the incumbent Joe Biden. We ask voters, what do you think of the job he's doing? And look at that, Kristen, 37 percent approved and now 60 percent disapprove.
2: And we should say that is the lowest approval rating since former president George W. Bush's second term. That is a big deal. And again, that's NBC News talking like that. Meanwhile, President Trump himself over the weekend did an interview with my buddy Maria Bartiromo on Fox News, and he hinted at who might be potential VP choices for him. Listen to this. When will you announce who your VP is?
4: I mean, have, we have so many great people in the Republican Party, but not for a while. Well, what criteria? to identify who your running mate is always it's got to be one thing it's got to be who would be a good president I mean you always have to think that because you know in case of emergency things happen right no matter who you are things happen it's got to be number one who is your running mate well I have a lot of good people we have a lot of really good people So you haven't decided who it is I have a lot of good ideas but I haven't and there's no okay. reason So to you, do you haven't quickly. told that person you're my person I, I speak to everybody I speak to everybody you know, I called Tim Scott this so because a lot of people like Tim Scott. I called him and I said, "You are a much better candidate that for me than you are for yourself." When I watched Tim, he was fine, he was good, but he was very low key, etc., cetera, etc. I watched him in the last week defending me and sticking up for me and fighting for me. I said, "Man, I said you're a much better person for me than you are for yourself." Because for himself, he was low key. For me, he's been he's been a real tiger. He's been incredible. And others have too. Uh, So maybe it's Tim Scott. Well, it could be. It could be a lot of people. But it was interesting. I was watching Tim. I've been watching, you know, for a while. I watched him campaign as a candidate, but I watched him over the last two weeks. Uh, As you know, he endorsed me, fully endorsed me, gave me a beautiful endorsement. And he has been really strong in terms of that. No, but that has nothing to do. I don't want anybody to take even any inference, but it's incredible. Uh, Christy Nome has been incredible, fighting for me. She said I'd never run against him because I can't beat him. That was a very nice thing to say. What was the story that your team reached out to RFK Jr.? It's you? a false story. No, it's a false. You never story. reached you know out what? to RFK Jr. I like him a lot. Nope, never, never happened.
2: Never happened. And there were rumors that the Trump team was pulling out and reaching to RFK Jr. Maybe to run on the ticket, which is interesting. You know, independent there. Um, but also, you just heard about Tim Scott, also Kirstie Nome is also one of the names. You hear Sarah Huckabee Sanders, whoever it is, uh, has to compliment certainly his policy. But clearly, the issue of the border is driving so many voters, and they're also seeing what's happening overseas with Israel, uh, everything happening, of course, with Hamas, Iran, Ukraine, Russia, all these things. People are saying, who will keep us safe? And that indeed should be the priority when people go to the voting booth. And so now they came up with this border bill. This is what the Senate is pitching. And they just unveiled it a few hours ago. And it's got a mishmash of things in it. It is not just, of course, everything tied to the border. It also has funding for Ukraine. It has funding for Israel. And... On the border package alone, a lot of people are saying, you know what, this is not appropriate. This should go nowhere. It should be dead on arrival. And that is the response that we're hearing immediately from House Speaker Mike Johnson. He is saying this is not sufficient by any sense of the word and that this does not really protect the border. And one of the things that he says is the big issue with the bill, and this is the border part of the bill, is that it gives work permits for those who are qualified, who decides that, $650 million to expand the border wall. I like that part. But here's the other thing. Mandatory shutdown at 5,000. Average encounters for seven days. So if you have an average of 5,000 each day for seven days, guess what? If you do the math and total that, that's 1.8 million migrants in, allowed that year. How is that closing the border with a single high of 8,500 for a single day? So, if it hits 8,500, then it peaks off for the week. Or if they can keep it under 5,000 for every day for a week, then that's okay. Again, that's still 1.8 million for a year. How does that make any sense? Hold the line. And yet, we are hearing New York Governor Kathy Hochul, a number of Democrats saying, oh, what's wrong with Republicans that they don't want to pick this bill? And also, we're hearing from a number of people in the Senate. Why don't Republicans want this bill? President Trump has come out and said, Republicans do not agree to this bill. You're condoning illegal behavior. And also, earlier today on Katzen Cosby, uh, Judge Richard Weinberg, who's our judge on the show, he was saying that this also really allows Republicans, it causes Republicans to forfeit their right if they've allowed X amount of illegals, they sort of concede their control over the border. And what it's saying is that they're sanctioning it. They're, they're basically condoning this behavior if they sign off on this. So there's a lot of reasons why you shouldn't do it. And second of all, why would you allow for X thousand to come through it? It clearly shows the president knows he can control the border. He just doesn't want to. That's one thing. And it also shows that this president clearly just is doing this for politics because the only reason he's even talking about the border is he sees the polls. He sees President Trump skyrocketing in the polls. And yet, on the Democratic side, like Senator Chuck Schumer, they're calling Trump again the boogeyman who's controlling the other senators that surely they don't have a mind of their own. Listen to this one.
3: The crucial question, the $64,000 question, the majority of Republican senators know this bill is the right thing to do. It's a compromise. I don't like everything in it. Neither does McConnell. But it's a compromise. That's the only way you get things important done in the Senate. We proved that two years ago in our bipartisan legislation. And will the senators drown out the political noise from Trump and his minions and do Mm -hmm. the right thing for America? It's a crucial question History will, is looking down on every one of us right
5: now.
2: Yeah, and history is saying, why would you allow X thousand illegal a day? The president could change it in a heartbeat if he wanted to. The question is, does he want to? And clearly he hasn't wanted to for three plus years. And what he's doing now is still not even shutting the border. It's just limiting the amount that come through illegally. And so here's a little bit more of Senator Chuck Schumer on Morning Joe this morning on MSNBC.
3: Too many Republicans, including Speaker Johnson, are just scared to death of Donald Trump. Donald Trump has said he wants chaos. Donald Trump has said, well, wait till I become president. That'll take at least a year. Ukraine could be gone. The border will get much worse. War in the Middle East will get worse, maybe bringing, bringing us into it. He's doing it all for political reasons.
2: And yet, uh, Speaker Mike Johnson on the House side says he is vehemently against this bill, that it is dead on arrival when it gets to the House.
1: I've been here from the very beginning about the elements that were necessary to solve the border crisis. These are not Republican talking points. This is what we have been told by the experts on the ground. And that includes the sheriffs there in the counties that are on the border. It includes Border Patrol agents, officers, longtime veterans of the agency. And they said, you have to fix asylum, you have to fix parole, you have to end the catch and release, the mass release of immigrants around the country, illegals around the country as has been happening, and you have to restore remain in Mexico. You also need elements of the wall being built. I just don't believe that the Senate bill, as I've explained in all of our statements, meets the criteria that's necessary to solve the problem. That is what we are about here. It's our responsibility to do it. It's what the American people want. And it's what we're going to continue to work on. And
2: Yeah, that's what he is saying, that indeed, we have to make sure we monitor who comes in, who comes out, and why would you absolutely want to ever limit the amount of people that can come in? If people are committing a crime and they're not being vetted, why would you allow any of them? Why would you even allow two of them to come through across the border? They need to be checked and vetted and done appropriately, and the president knows he could do it in five seconds. He just doesn't want to do it. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll take your calls when we come back.
1: You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail.
1: This is The Rita Cosby Show.
2: And coming up after the break, we are going to be joined by the great Fox News host of Fox and Friends, and also One Nation with Brian Kilmeade, also WABC radio host Brian Kilmeade. He is going to be joining us to talk about his powerful new book and Lessons of Leadership, but it's an amazing book about a little-known relationship with Teddy Roosevelt and civil rights icon Booker T. Washington and how these men from, like, totally different backgrounds Came together for the good of the country. Boy, is that something we need right now uh, when we see so much politics being played on many, many levels. And especially when it comes to the migrant issue. We just talked about these migrants that are going around now in gangs all over New York committing larceny and robbing and taking phones and other things. By the way, a friend of mine just messaged me and said, I don't believe these cell phones are being shipped for resale. He says, I believe they're being stolen and made untraceable. They're being re-engineered to operate on a private network. This is not a gang operation. It's a paramilitary operation. Boy, is that frightening if it is something even more serious than larceny and taking the phone in an operation where they're buying big items back home, if it's actually part of a military operation, boy, that is even more frightening. And I wouldn't be surprised if there are cells and groups operating in this country with that wide-open southern border. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Bob in Pennsylvania, Line 5. Bob, your
5: thoughts. Hello, Rita. Uh, I had an incident. I I had a bar in Borough Park, Brooklyn, and there was an incident between a club there, which had Italian and Irish, and another club, Spanish. And they had fifteen helmeted, uh, 1,500 helmeted police separating the groups. And I don't know what the dispute was over. It was in the late, late 70s, early 80s. And then the, in the 6-6 precinct, which is there, the Jewish people took over the precinct because two Jewish kids got mugged in the neighborhood. And you talk about all these different things going on with these people and they think it's cool. But what about the Japanese? When we had the internment camps in the second world war, we had to put them in them. They, it was cruel. It was not, not right, but we had to move. And then lucky Luciano and, uh, and Myolansky, Lansky, they, they gave up the all the spies that were blowing up all the ships in the ports and well, they would have went crazy. We would have had big trouble at the ports in New York. If they didn't step in and turn them in and, um, that you, you know so there's a bunch of big things that went on yeah and
2: no i by the way you're you right act. the mob you're right the mob did keep law and order there you're right <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
5: they did. Yeah, and, and, and thank god because it would have been it would have been heavy duty i mean to blow a ship up right in the port they had the looking back ship blow up i was a longshoreman too i owned the bar on 39th and fort hamilton in Beryl park and uh Major, major area. And um... no, I
2: know. Exa- By the way, I know exactly where that is in Fort Hamilton. That's such a great. But you know what? You bring up some points, too, when things have gotten out of hand. And for some reason, we, you know, we're at a point now where we don't want to have any law and order. I, I mean, we do. But there are so many of these and I don't even call them progressive. They're regressive politicians that seem to want to bring us back to the bad old days. And uh, that is not a good thing. Bob, thank you very much. Let's go to Joe in Jericho, line two. Joe, your thoughts.
6: Well, your screener wants me to stay on focus. So, so you gotta stay focused,
2: Joe. Stay I'm focused. You have a six, few six, seconds. Six 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 facts.
6: Those thugs on the moped should be charged federally. Numero do it. They those thugs who had thirteen thugs attack the cuff should be charged federally. Three. Yeah. The bottom line is that are gonna house these thugs. It fought it bloodsworth on Staten Island. Well,
2: what but, you, but
6: you know what, Joe? We don't even
2: know if we're going to find these guys. That's the problem.
1: Rita Cosby is on.
2: And joining us right now here on the Rita Cosby Show to talk about lessons in leadership and working together for the greater good is Fox News TV host Brian Kilmeade. He is also the host of the great radio program, The Brian Kilmeade Show. He's the hardest working guy in media, I think, today, and he is also the acclaimed New York Times best-selling author of an incredible new book, and it's called "Teddy and Booker T: How Two American Icons Blazed a Path for Racial Equality." Brian, so great to have you here on the Rita Cosby Show.
6: Oh, Rita, always great. To have, always great to be on. It's also uh, it's an honor to be in the lineup every day. So this uh, with this great team at ABC.
2: Well, we love you, and you always hit it out of the park, and I love your books, and this is so timely. I feel like it's such an important message right now. Let's take it back first, because these two incredible men, and I think about the guts and courage of both of these guys, came from such different backgrounds. Tell us about them, and also why you thought it was so important to write this book now.
6: Well, I tell you what, New Yorkers can really appreciate Teddy Roosevelt. It was the first field trip we always went to as, as little kids. We went to Sagamore Hill, and then to get a chance to meet Tweed Roosevelt and the great grandson of Teddy Roosevelt, and he helped greenlight the book. When I found out about this relationship, I thought it would be a great follow-up to uh, Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass: A Battle to Save America's Soul. And they both have links to each other. And when I found out, I said, "Listen to Tweed." I said, "Am I, am I, am I over my skis and saying these guys had a great relationship that meant so much?" He goes, "No, you're not. No one really." has done this in the great length before. So I said, let me, let me jump into it. And Tweed, obviously, is old enough to remember Teddy Roosevelt's wife, Edith. She outlived him by decades. And she lived at Sagamore Hill. And that was a place that he went to as a kid. So it really brought that story to life. And I did something for Fox Nation, What Made America Great. I focused on Sagamore Hill. But for Teddy, Roosevelt well, Booker T is another link to New York. He had a house in Northport, And that house still stands. And you know, it still stands as how he left. It was a summer home that he had, and it's a beautiful area uh, right overlooking the sound. So these two lived in a few miles away from each other, but their links could have been further apart. Roosevelt, born from generations of wealth, and then you have you know, Booker T. Washington, was actually born a slave. And I just wanted to parallel both their lives, and people might say, hey, Tay Roosevelt was so rich. How could you possibly compare his life? And he goes, I'm not. It's worse to be a slave, obviously. It was horrible— to be uh, Frederick Douglass. He was born a slave, never knew his parents, never knew his birthday, but Abraham Lincoln had it as bad as you could possibly have it for a white guy. So for Teddy Roosevelt, he had this thing that we, we it's underrated. He did not have health. He almost died from asthma. And then he had this cholera of the intestines where he couldn't hold on, uh, hold on to weight. He was about 80 pounds when we would consider 11th grade. So he had a hellacious childhood with great parents and plenty of money. But they could not solve his asthma, and they could not solve his intestinal problems. He was able to grow out of it, thankfully, and he was able to turn his life around. But he had such an appreciation for self-made men. And when Booker T. Washington, born a slave, remembers the Civil War ending, and remembers the uh, Union soldier freeing him and going to West Virginia and working in a salt mine at 10 years old and finding a way to get his education, I thought, let me just parallel both these lives, how they coincided, how they made America better, because they never— they never talked about personal wealth. they always talked about improving the country, and your original introduction is we really kind of need that now,
2: yeah, boy, do we ever you know you talk about Booker T, he becomes right, the president of Tuskegee University in Alabama. I mean his life is just it's incredible, and as you talk about the incredible hurdles that t r had to overcome how did they how did they become friends? I was reading what that when t r was vice president. He got interested and he read a bio, right? A biography about Booker T.
6: Same thing I read. And thanks for reading the book, uh, Rita. Uh, Up from Slavery is what I read. And that's what, I actually read that five years ago. And I said, is this true? Could this possibly be the story? And it's so amazing. And Teddy Roosevelt got an advanced copy. He said, I got to meet this guy. I heard about him. I got to meet him. And they met April 1st in New York City. And they meet April 1st. And he said, how do we work together? And he said, "Uh, listen. Uh, come visit Tuskegee and let's work it out. I want you to see what I'm doing at this college. And he said, okay. But then McKinley gets shot. He be, The vice president becomes president. And he writes a letter. And I found the letter to Booker T. Washington saying, sorry, I, my, my regrets. I'm not going to be able to visit you because I just became president. But can you visit me? And he does. And that created controversy of black men eating with a white man's family uh, in the White House because in the South they were not as evolved at that point as we are in the north and it was caused controversy and that's what everyone remembers but the relationship never stopped they recommended judges we know what that's like they recommended port masters uh, as well as uh, postmasters and dock masters and everybody that they had such respect for each other they would help each other out whether it was the black vote or whether it was uh, issues of the south and whether it was what this country needed and Teddy Roosevelt, with his connections, with, with uh, Andrew Carnegie, J.P. Morgan, they just had such mutual respect. And in the turning of the 20th century, it was extremely unique.
2: Yeah, that is unique. And that's why I say the phrase courage, because it was such a courageous relationship. I want to ask you, Brian Kilmeade, as you're talking about this amazing new book of yours, Teddy and Booker T., what was it like when you saw that letter? Uh, to be looking at that piece of history and reading that, that's amazing.
6: Yeah, I mean... To go to Tuskegee, and once they realized I was serious, and I gave them the outline of the book, so they knew it was going to make the uh, accurate of who Booker T was. They opened up so much to me, and there were pictures in the, There's pictures in this book that's not been seen in maybe 70 years. Wow! Uh, but they want to make sure that his legacy is not tarnished because right now Booker T Washington in the world of history is not looked at positively because they thought he was too accommodating. What he was is practical in the South, Jim Crow, poll taxes. Um, the lynchings that took place. It was hellacious for an African-American with ambition. And he wanted to prove to everybody that your your views of history and your views of race were wrong. But he didn't want to do it through protests and sit-ins and block bridges. What he did is through education. And when people saw the graduate of Tuskegee became such a great men of society, what great teachers they became, what great business people they were, they realized that what their parents thought about race relations was just wrong, and to go ahead and see these letters and see what Booker T thought, and it's not really hard because he wrote a lot of he wrote a lot of magazine articles, he wrote a lot of books, and he just kept talking about the, uh, the the country and how to bring it together. Read something else that he did in the South. He talked to black and white audiences at the same time. Wow! Think about how hard that was to say a message that would resonate with both. And he took it on he 's like, "Listen, I know where we've been. Just let me just just watch us. You give us an opportunity. We will show you what we can do for this country and and that and that attitude resonated with both sides. Game on we want we just want an opportunity. we don't want outcomes
2: that's amazing, and I just think about what an inspiration, and so far ahead of their time and to really take those steps necessary, not just for that moment, but for history. Brian, you have so many great quotes um, from people in the book. You brought up our dear friend Tweed Roosevelt, who we both love. And one of the quotes that Tweed gave you for the book, I saw it says, it calls it a roadmap for the possibilities of political discourse in our tumultuous times. And Brian Tweed, of course, is the chairman of the Roosevelt School at the awesome Long Island University. He's also the great grandson of Theodore Roosevelt. And I know you have a big event there um, tied with the beautiful Roosevelt School there at LIU. By the way, everybody can find out about it. It's this Thursday. And there's a reception, and then there's the program at 7 o'clock is the program. And you, they can find out by going to community.liu.edu forward slash Brian Kilmeade uh, if they want to sign up. But Tweet's message is so timely because right now I think about how divided the world is.
6: Yeah. I mean, he just said these two people in a time in which, you know, we're fresh off the Civil War, managed to look at their past and just say, listen, Taye Roosevelt's mom was from the South. Her two brothers fought in the Civil War. They were Teddy Roosevelt's uncles, but they fought for the South. Think about it at the dinner table, what they were saying about blacks and whites, and just because that's how she grew up. And he was able to see through it and say, well, that was then, this is now. Now, he said some things, as, as Tweed would say, that shows he had blind spots for the racists. And sometimes he would say different things in the South than he would in the North. I, but he was still, just so did Lincoln, said some things that showed he had some blind spots. But there were people of their times, but they worked together and saw just two men who wanted to bring this country better. And I'll tell you, they also, when Booker T. Washington was offered a lot of money to go retire, to live in the North, he goes, no, I have a mission in the South. When Teddy Roosevelt, you know, was offered to to stay and become secretary of the Navy, he said, no, I'm going to go fight in this war. Because we were all about the country. I think we got to get back to that. Think about the country first. got to understand how lucky we ought to be here. Not because the country's perfect. Compare it. Go travel. If you, if you want to go travel and find out how great we are, just go travel around to these different countries, not just the communist countries, even the democracies, and talk about the opportunity that, that, uh, that America gives you. And just know, we don't have guaranteed outcomes. We have guaranteed opportunity. And that's what these guys wanted. And They wanted to equal the playing field because they knew the country could not exist divided. That's why I'm convinced that we're going to come together again big time because I think the, 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 the consternation of 2020 has really subsided in so many ways in 2024. And we just probably don't realize it, but I think people are, are coming together big time, you know. And to see Luke Combs and Tracy Chapman on the stage and reject all sense of race and division, they're like, no, these are two great musicians speaking a great song. And I think that's we're getting back to that.
2: Yeah, I hope so. For the good of the country and the good of just all of us, too, because at the end of the day, we are all Americans. What a great message. And I love that you spotlighted this incredible relationship that I think a lot of people did not know much about. These two icons who truly, I think, embody the best of America. I love the book, my friend. Again, it's called Teddy and Booker T. How Two American Icons blazed a path for racial equality again you could also hear brian and you can see him in person brian is so much fun by the way you can tell he is so great and you can talk about so many different topics but we'll be spotlighting this book again with the great grandson of theodore roosevelt tweed this thursday and i love it at uh, liu again you can go to community.liu.edu forward slash brian kilmeade And also you have appearances all over the country. You are the busiest man I know. And I'm so proud of you, my friend.
6: All right. Back at you. Uh, Thanks so much, Rita. Have a great night and have a great show. Thanks so much,
2: Brian. Uh, Really awesome and timely story. And, of course, we are also talking now about the migrant situation in New York and the border crisis because it is becoming the issue Especially as we're waiting for tomorrow, Alvin Bragg's supposed to present to the grand jury uh, the charges on the migrants that assaulted the two NYPD cops. So there's a lot on the plate here uh, that are really causing issues in this country at this time. Let's go real quick to Jacqueline, line five. Jacqueline, your thoughts.
7: Hi, Rita. You know, uh, as far as uh, Schmuck Schumer and the rest of his party continue to prove time after time that they're against the citizens of the five boroughs of New York and the entire state of New York, the proof is in the pudding. Although Biden and his entire administration is to blame at the federal level, the mayor and the governor of New York are to blame at the state and local level. Let us not forget, it is the mayor who welcomed all of these illegal immigrants with open arms. And, you know, the cartels are the ones that are now in total control of the U.S. border. And uh, that's evidenced by what you were talking about just a little while ago, the gangs on the streets of New York attacking innocent people. And, unfortunately, in my opinion, that won't change. So we have to basically take matters into our own hands, either of two ways. Or a combination of two ways, legally, with private neighborhood security patrols, put them on scooters and and or mo- uh, or motorized or, mopeds, or illegally by arming ourselves against these criminals. And finally, they will get the message. Uh, you and, know, and you well, know,
2: and you know what, Jacqueline? Also, voting people out. I mean, that's the other thing too. Um, You know, obviously, uh, it seems like a long ways away, uh, but boy, people need to think whenever their elections are happening in their community, whether it's a special election happening in their community or whatever the election is, who is going to keep you safe? Because you're right, it's all these breakdowns on the political spectrum that are causing this, whether it's the DA or whether it's, you know, uh, city leadership, whether it's state leadership. Uh, who is going to prioritize keeping you and your family safe and locking up these people once and for all. Uh, Jacqueline, thank you. You're terrific. We got a heartbreak here, but thank you so much. It's always great to get your thoughts. And everybody, here is our Support Our Heroes segment.
1: The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes.
2: And this is the Tunnel to Towers Foundation Support Our Heroes segment with a powerful story coming from Simsbury, Connecticut, where two military veterans who are currently officers at the Simsbury Police Department in Connecticut were also recently honored with special handmade quilts of valor, thanking them for their service to our country and to the town. Sergeant Tim May, who's a U.S. Coast Guard veteran, And a U.S. Naval veteran, Kyle Donalski, were both presented with special Quilts of Valor recently. By the way, the Quilts of Valor Foundation was founded with the mission to cover service members and veterans touched by war with exceptional, comforting, and healing Quilts of Valor. They're customized to each veteran, which is so beautiful. In total, 373,394 Service members and veterans have been recognized and covered with Quilts of Valor since 2003. And they are typically made from local residents working with the National Office of Quilts of Valor. Again, customizing it so it has a special message for that particular veteran and their experience. What a great, great story. And everybody, help America to never forget. All you have to do is donate $11 a month. To the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Simply go to T2T.org, T number 2T.org.
1: You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show.
2: Now there's a war of words continuing with Texas Governor Greg Abbott and New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Texas Governor Greg Abbott saying over the weekend that Mayor Eric Adams' plan to give migrants prepaid credit cards is, quote, insanity. I agree with the governor. Why would the mayor at this time, with all of these issues going on, give migrants $1,000 a month they're supposed to go to buy food under a program uh, run by New York City and it's supposed to cost taxpayers a whopping $53 million. Uh, Today I saw several homeless American vets and I don't see them getting $1,000 a month in prepaid credit cards and we're just hearing about all the crimes and problems you think they're really going to use the money for what they say they will and again I'm all for helping people. But what about our homeless Americans? They should use some groceries. Boy, they would love new homes. They would love all these things. I mean, this is, this is, this is really loony Kazuniville. And we got these guys who are fleeing on a bus, and then tomorrow we're going to see Bragg come down with his charges with the grand jury, because the grand jury is going to go, of course these people are guilty, if they can definitely say it's the ones that are accused. But they're never going to find the guys. They're already on a bus to who knows where already in Mexico. Let's go to Chris. Line four. Chris, your thoughts about all of this. What a mess we're in.
8: <laughs> Rita, there's a lot to say, a lot to say. Okay, let me make it concise. The uh, First thing I want to talk about is with, with the Democrats. Did you notice how Schumer, what he did was he said, when Trump gets in, what he wants to do is cause chaos. And so what the Democrats love to do, and they did this too with the defund the police, is they do something... And then they literally just say that the other person is doing it. That's like a tactic they have. And it makes me so angry when I heard him just say that now. And say all Trump wants is to cause chaos when it's literally the exact opposite, and they're the ones, what, what could be more chaos than, you know, what we have at the border right now? So that was just one point, that they, they use that a lot. They do something, and then they literally just say that, you know, their opponent does the exact opposite, you know, the Republicans are independent. Now, the second one is, you know, when, when Eric Adams was, was you know, uh, elected as mayor, I was shocked at how low the voter turnout is and it's just a shame that you know not enough people in New York City or in this country you know care uh, enough especially New York City let's say to you know to vote then you know there's a lot of complaining going on now in New York City but I from my memory it was well under a million votes and New York you know was still what between eight and nine million and so it was a very low percentage now let me ask you voted Chris, Eric
2: Adams in. do you think it'll no, be that, different next time yes or no
8: uh, <laughs> I would hope. So. Let's just say I hope so. I would hope. I like to be someone who's positive. I like to look at things positive. Like I Brian. agree,
2: by the way. And you got to get out and vote. You can't complain after the fact.